Hello and welcome to the Trek It podcast, where we talk about everything outdoor related from kit and locations to stories and the people behind them. Whether you're a walker, climber, mountaineer or just someone that loves being outside, you can find all the kit and advice for your next adventure on our website, which is www.trekit.co.uk. Or you can actually come and speak to a real person right here in our service centre in Hereford. Well, good morning, uh, viewers, listeners, whoever you are out there, and welcome to uh, another episode in the Trek It podcast series. Um, this morning, I am joined by Harry, as usual, manning the uh, equipment. Fanar, fanar, as an old um, Viz joke for you. Uh, and also with uh, Lucy and with Ben, who were looking bemused at my Viz joke reference. But Ben wasn't. I think you got that, didn't you, Ben? Unfortunately, I did get that. Yeah, reference. you did get that yeah. one, yeah. I thought they might have been a bit young, but obviously not. Ben's just a bit retro. Anyway, sorry, I'm <laughs> rambling. So, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got Lucy and we have Ben from Trekit, indeed, our own, very own people in the podcast room. And uh, Ben and Lucy have recently completed the Fjall Raven Classic. And today they're going to tell us all about it, aren't you? We sure are. Yeah. Yeah. Nodding doesn't suffice, Ben. I mean, you okay. have to speak. It's a podcast. Sorry. I know how <laughs> he's filming as well, but you do have to speak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, before uh, we get into the nitty gritty of the Fjallraven Classic and what it's all about, Alfie, uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourselves, who you are, what you do? I don't know what the inside trouser measurement is. I don't know, whatever you want to tell us. Lucy, go on, you go first. Um, so, I've worked for Trackit since the start of the year. I'm a content marketing assistant. Um, love adventure, love getting out my bike, love seeing the mountains, just love being outdoors really. Um, yeah. and this was my first multi-day hike ever. Cool. So it was, you know, something yeah. I definitely couldn't say no to. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's me really. Right. What was your job title again? A content marketing assistant. Content marketing so assistant. So I look after socials, I write blogs and okay. help with emails as well. Right. So I think some of our listeners, I'll have to stop saying, but can I say viewers as well, Harry? Yeah, he's nodding. Yeah, I can say viewers. So Harry can nod, but I can't. All right. Yeah, well, Harry hasn't got a microphone, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't listen to Harry. He's got nothing very interesting to say anyway. <laughs> so some of our uh, viewers, listeners, will be aware of you, Lucy, won't they? Because you've been on. That's right. Some, we did one about, we gave some socks away, didn't we? Yeah, that's right. At the bottom right. of Panavan. Yep, darn tough. Yeah, darn yeah. tough. Yeah. Cool socks. Right. Lovely. Ben. Yeah, who, are so you? who are you, Ben? Who are me? Who are you? So I'm the current retail store manager for Trackit. Been with the business for ooh, over four and a half years now. Feels, wow. I know. Wow, that long. Feels like a long time. It, it does. Um, outside of work, I enjoy climbing, bouldering, uh, mountain biking. We actually went for a mountain bike ride the other day, which was very nice, down at the Forest of Dean. We did. Um, and beyond that, I'm just a fan of the outdoors, like getting outside. But some of you may be aware of me either if you visited the the Trackit shop in Hereford because I've been around here for a little while. Uh, but you've also probably seen me on our YouTube channel. I don't think we've ever actually done a video together, though, have we, Paul? No, but Ben, we haven't. That must be addressed. It's yeah. It must be. It must be at some point. Yeah. Just to prove that, that, that we actually know each other. That we we exist in the same <laughs> universe. Exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say my inside leg measurements or anything like that because that's already out there. It's on the video. Yeah, it's already <laughs> on the video. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I have a little bit of a presence outside of the shop in um, some of the marketing content. So in the videos, you'll probably see my face plus on the website. You're probably rather bored of it at this point. 
but I am I am the mustache owner of the business currently, so um, I tend to get plastered about the place a little bit. Yeah, and what a f- mighty fine mustache it, it is, is too. I was ben. just thinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. You should be. Yeah, uh, you 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 will never ever be allowed to shave that off whilst you are in employment of Trackit. No, I've been told this. Yeah, <laughs> is it in your contract? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was in the new contract that yeah. I signed. Yeah. Is it in the small print right down the bottom? Yeah. <laughs> Must not. Sh- anyway. Yeah, there, there was just a handwritten drawing at the bottom. With yeah. just, just some curls and yeah. just a big cross next yeah. to it. Must stay in with yeah. moustache. Right. Okay. <laughs> not sure whether Harry's gesticulating at me to stop waffling or what. I don't know what he's doing anyway. Just, we'll just ignore him, shall we? <laughs> I, I think we should. I think we should. Yeah. Okay. So uh, before we dive into the kind of the overall experience and your own personal kind of recollections and memories of uh, the Fjall Raven classic. Am I saying that right? Is it Fjall Raven? Fjall Raven? We get asked this a lot, don't we? We do get asked this a lot, and we usually go for Fjall Raven. Okay. Um, but we're still not entirely sure that's right. Okay. Um, potato, that, potato. Yeah. yeah anyone okay. that we've asked, uh, yeah. we get slightly different interpretations of it, and anyone that's Swedish will usually pick us up on the pronunciation a little bit more. Yeah. But anyone from the, the UK side of the team is a little bit more relaxed about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. That's cool then. So yeah. we can be relaxed about it too. Yeah, I think okay, so. That's fine. So what is it? So what is it? <laughs> what is it? What, what is it? What is the Fjall Raven, Raven classic? I'm not going to say it every time. I'm just going to no, choose one. Just, yeah. We could just say the classic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go on, Lucy. What, what is it? What is the Fjall Raven classic? So the Swedish one is 110 kilometers. It's the longest classic that Fjall Raven do. And it's a sense of connecting with, reconnecting with nature. And um, how do I explain it? Sort of like taking in like changing landscapes, um, wild camping, you know, you are sort of going back to basics and looking after yourself, but also taking in the local culture of what you may be doing because they not only do Sweden, they also do Korea, USA, the UK was this year. Um, First time this year. Yeah, first time. So I think it's a sense of local culture and reconnecting with nature. Right. And as well as using kit and camping and yeah. just sort of the mixture really so it's a way of getting people outdoors yeah to, to really experience what it is truly like to be outdoors and be self-sufficient yep over uh, what how many days is it uh so we did the one in we did sweden in six days so wow. you can do it slightly shorter mm-hmm. um but we averaged about the first two days was 20 kilometers the third was 23 and then we lowered off from there and i think it was about 17 yeah, it was, it was around three. that. It was the high teens for the last couple of days. Yeah. Because uh, we just wanted to enjoy the experience a little bit more. Yeah. You know, you can just absolutely stomp through it. And there were people that did it in three days, four days, just tanking through with, with all of their kit. But part of the whole experience is about enjoying it and in, yeah. enjoying the experience, connecting with other people that you might not otherwise have met or yeah. known. Yeah. Because it's yeah. an event that people from all over the world now come and participate in. It's not just a, a bunch of Swedes doing the Swedish D- classic. Doing their thing. Yeah. Yeah. There were admittedly a lot of them there, but there were people from the UK, people from Korea, people from the States, all other parts of Europe, all over the world, people coming to, to complete this event. So it's, it's really a, a melting pot of culture. So why not take a little bit longer and enjoy yeah, it? Yeah, enjoy it. Actually talk to people rather than just Definitely. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, slog it through. So it's open to anybody. Yeah? Anybody can apply? Yeah, the diversity. Oh, ben. This is terrible. Ben. This is really Ben's terrible. Ben's phone's going off. It is. Oh. And it's not even a phone call because I turned it off. That was an alarm. <laughs> was it time to get out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Normal. Sat down for Podcast no, normal time. Normal work day. <laughs> yeah. Time to get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Quarter to 11. Yep. Get out of bed, Ben. 
Anyway, sorry, we digress. Thanks to Ben's phone. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, it's open to anybody. Anybody yeah. can apply. Yeah, the diversity was amazing. It was quite impressive, really. I couldn't believe sort of like how many people there were from all over the world taking part. So how many were there? Do you know? Total? Um, in total, for the Swedish classic, there was, I think it was like two, 1,900. Yeah, it was around 1,900 Yeah, people. 1,900, right. yeah. And how do you apply? Uh, you can buy tickets, so right. it's just a case of Far Raven Classic, yeah, and you can just buy a ticket. Yeah. 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 It's only the polar experience that you have to apply. Um, you have to like put an application form in to say, I'm <sighs> going to take part because... I promise not to get yeah. really badly yeah. lost and, and cold and yeah. maybe have to call emergency services. Yeah, out. yeah that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, But the rest of them you can just buy tickets for. Wow. So uh, who knew? Yeah, it's not It's not massively advertised and marketed, is it? No, or no. is it? I've, I've, it's only through my connections through Trekkit that I'm, I'm kind of vaguely aware of it. But you know, who, who would you know? It's Joe Blog in the street. How would they know to it, it existed? To me, I don't know if it's just more like brand loyalty. So right. you know, Farhaven is uh, the quality of it is up there, yeah. and I think people who buy into it then like hear about it and must okay. know and yeah. like newsletters. Um, that's my experience, or through socials, just to know. Word of mouth. Yeah. Other than that, I'm not really sure. Okay, cool. I think ultimately yeah. they don't want to make the event too big. Yeah. You know, they, it it sounds a little bit strange, but they're, they're obviously trying to promote the event, mm-hmm. but they don't want thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people coming through because yeah. it is still ultimately about that connection to nature. Yeah. And it's part of the whole leave no trace. So if suddenly it's opened up to 5,000 people, 10,000 people, because yeah. there's definitely that number of people who will want to do it, they're then going to trash the environment just yeah. from all physically going across the same paths, the same routes at the same time. Yeah. So it's trying to maintain the scale of an event that is fun and there's a lot of people and still 1,900 people is, is an awful lot of people in, in a different environment. But they're trying to maintain that relationship with nature where they're not doing too much damage. Yeah, it's always a balance, isn't it? Absolutely. I guess for them, you know, they, they want to get people out there. They want people to enjoy nature. They want them to experience using good kit and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. then it's like, is that damaging for the environment? So, yeah, limiting numbers, is, is it makes sense. I know 2000 is the limit right. for the Swedish classic. They're not, okay. they're not planning to take on any more. Right. And they've been running it since 2005. Okay. Um, so... You know, yeah. they must be, you know, the marketing, they must be doing something right. Yeah, they must right. be doing something right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, if it happens every year and, and they're fully subscribed and... Yeah. 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 Good for them. Okay, so because I guess Trekkit is a bit of a kit shop, isn't it? And we're all sort of kit geeks to a certain mm. extent. Do you want to talk us through um, what you took? I'm sure people would be interested to hear how you... How you kind of not survive? I guess you survived. You survived. Was it? Uh, was it? It, was, it wasn't <laughs> that extreme. <laughs> was, it wasn't. Wasn't that extreme? Was it? No, it, it, no. It, it wasn't. It was honestly, apart from the last day where we had some, I say some rain. We had a lot of rain on constant. the last day. Yeah. Constant downpour. Apart yeah. from that, the conditions were actually just about ideal. You know, they were in the the low teens a lot of the time. So actually, right. ideal conditions yeah, for perfect. trekking with a pack because you're, you're building up a little bit of body heat because you're yeah. carrying everything with you mm-hmm. um, and generally sort of overcast we had a few days that were a bit sunnier but the conditions were absolutely prime apart from the last day but by that point we were already heading for the finish and we yeah. knew we had a warm dry place to go to so you know you kind of just got a bit yeah, soggy I don't care really do yeah, you, you don't no, care get wet, I don't want to get wet yeah no but the 
conditions underfoot were, were generally fairly easy going. It was all well-defined trails. There were sections of sort of rock gardens um, and there were uh, large sections where they were they were boarded out to try and cut down on, on the impact. So you're walking along lots of wooden planks, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the time underfoot, it was either rocky or uh, sort of slightly softer with mud and all of the all the streams and everything just cutting straight across the path. So a good set of boots was very useful. Essential, I'd say. It was it was very yeah. much essential. Um, but but apart from that, a lot of the kit was was generally very walking focused because you didn't need anything technical, right? Um, unless you wanted to go and potentially do um, Kevin Kaiser, because uh, you could on the second day go up and and climb Sweden's tallest mountain. Okay, uh, right. which you could do without any kit. But ideally, even a set of micro spikes or something like that would have been useful to to go and do that. And some members of our group did decide to go and do it. They managed it without. Right. Um, but when they got back down, they're like, yeah, it was a little bit slippy. So potentially at that point, a few technical bits of kit might have been a bit useful. Okay. Yeah. Um, it had snowed the night before just to like paint the picture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how how high is that? Do you know? Um, it's the equivalent to Ben Nevis. Okay. Like yeah, just over four thousand feet in old money. Um, I don't know how high it is. Off the, top my, off the top of my head. Yeah, it, I had it's the not. Come to my head. It's not huge. It's not huge, but it's high no. enough. But it's, it's yeah. high enough to get a bit of frosty on the You're top. You're adding an extra yeah. 20 kilometres onto your 110 already. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it did make it make the route a little bit spicier if you didn't. Yeah, want <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> sure. just nip up the top of that mountain. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. On your death. Okay, so let's, let's go back to kit. You talked. We, we just talked about you know techie kit. What, what did you pack? Did you could you pack whatever you wanted? Could you? You know, take your teddy and or... Yeah. Um, So there was a mandatory list that you had to take. So prior to the event, you're given a list to what you're suggested. So they suggest a 65-litre pack, which I did take a 65. I think you took a... I took a 50. 50. Yeah. Sensible. Yeah, like, (laughs) I think you didn't need to have a 65. You could have gone less. Um, In terms of kit, mine... I was aiming for, like, lightweight. Right. So... My tent was a Nordisk Telemark One, lightweight. So that was like 900 grams. Yeah, they're light. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Um, shoes, I had the Mindel Antaleo GTX. So they were quite solid boots yeah. to have. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of a kit now. Stove. Cooker, stove. F- we have yeah. a Primus Light stove, which light, we light shared. Plus. Light Plus, sorry, thank you. Um, which we were allowed to share. So there's like certain things that you're allowed to share during the classic so a stove is one a compass is another and i think that was it uh for you could share a first aid kit as well um and map but most of the kit you had to have your own if it was on the mandatory kit list beyond that you could you could take whatever you wanted right you know so if you did want to take that teddy you you could (laughs) yeah we we didn't (laughs) you didn't we didn't no ben no little bun stayed at home yeah yeah, I got by without him. So you can't, you can't like strip your kit right down to like the absolute bare minimum no, for is, survival. No, you get pen- like penalties for it. You have to take mandatory kit. I think it's a case of like if you need to be in survival mode, you've got everything there to yeah. look after yourself. Um, like I don't know if in terms if you don't have it, what happens? I don't know if you're not allowed to take part. Uh, so they they were running uh, random spot checks on kit to make sure you had at least all of the mandatory kit that was required. And if you didn't have it, there were, I don't know whether they actually acted on this because um, we didn't get stopped and, and checked. Right, yeah. We took all the kit, you know, yeah. we, we were you were good. We were good. You yeah. were good. Um, but there was the potential that you wouldn't be allowed to compete 
or they were there was a a shop at the start line that had yeah. all all of the mandatory kits so if you didn't have something you had the opportunity to buy it so you could take part um but they did also introduce a new category uh, that started a little bit later than the main event of people that were looking to sort of run it as an ultra uh, and they had a different kit list because they had a few people that were doing it a few years ago that were just not taking mandatory kit and they didn't really like people doing that because of the risk involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they were still officially under the main classic, but then they did introduce that new sort of fast hiking running category for it where the kit list dropped a lot of the heavier essentials down from a, a tent to a bivy, things like that. Okay. Um, and there was, an, a, was it a 10-hour penalty if you didn't have some That's of right. that mandatory kit added yeah. to your time. So obviously people are trying to do it in sort of the fastest known time. Yeah. Um, so it's within your interest to carry that extra 300 gram bivy, whatever you're taking, uh, rather than having an extra 10 hours added on to your yeah. official time. Yeah. Because that could that would definitely make or break you for actually getting the fastest time with it. Yeah. There was a lady we met at the airport. What day? We landed Thursday and we started Friday and she had a flight back Monday. So she was determined to try and do... The 110 kilometers in three days. Fair enough. Respect. Yeah. Do you know if she did it? She I did. Don't. She oh. did. She did. Wow. Yeah, she managed it and, and got back um, on her flight. How she managed yeah. it, we're not quite sure because she was still carrying full kit. So she was she was having to, and she was also carrying quite heavy kit for, for some mm. of it. Um, I think she had, she had close to 20 kilos on her back. Ooh. So she was having to move at quite a pace over those three yeah. days to... So 110 kilometers in three days. Yeah, yeah. and there was a that's, delay. That's <laughs> over 30 a day. 30, what is that? That's 90, so... I don't know, my maths is hopeless. Uh, it'd be about 37. Yeah, Yeah, somebody will and comment. She probably had to, well, on our first day, the uh, Kebnakai Mountain Station got shut. So that right. was the first checkpoint and it got closed because of bad weather ahead that they weren't allowing people to go through. Right. Um, so also the holding people at that checkpoint. Mm -hmm. you got there yeah, that's right. There. Yeah. yeah, so I imagine her her days got Longer. divided. Yeah. 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 Wow. So you've used the word, you know, competitors and people compete. Is it Has it got a competitive kind of feel about it? Is it a competitive atmosphere? Do you feel under pressure to, to you know, crack on and get it done? Or is it is it quite a chilled, um, relaxed kind of event? I would personally go chilled. Like, if you want to go fast, you can go fast. <laughs> yeah, you crack on. Yeah, yeah you can <laughs> yeah. keep going. But yeah. I was quite happy. Well, I think as, as we were, we were quite happy not getting... Well, there were penalties as well saying that. So if you rushed to get to the end, you actually had to, you had to pay for the campsite. Oh, right. By arriving early. Okay. So I think it was better sort of just to take your time. So what's the, what's the time limit on the event? It's 110 kilometres over how many days? What's uh, the maximum number of days? So the event... I think it was Friday that it closed. The event closed the following Friday. So it was yeah. a, a, a week-long okay. uh, time. But the, the checkpoints then closed in sequence. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the, first the first checkpoint yeah, closed, then the second, third. Right. So, you've got, to so get, you've got to get to the checkpoints before they close. You've got to get to the checkpoints before they close yeah. to get your, your stamp in your, in your trekking right. passport to prove that you've been through. Because if yeah. you don't then get a stamp from that one, when you get to the next checkpoint, they will refuse because you haven't... So done the previous one yeah, yeah. understand yeah. Um, yeah but roughly i think the event was spaced out over 10 days total oh, right. so you oh, could you, chill, could, you could start later mm -hmm. so not everyone started on the first day of kickoff so you could start on a saturday a sunday a monday oh, okay. yeah. 
and then it staggered the start, so you never had all of those 1,900 uh, people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't yeah. a mass start. It wasn't yeah. a mass start. Yeah, yeah. so it's a 10-day no. yeah. period, yep. but you can start that wherever you want within yep. those 10 days, and if you want to take three days, you, you can take three days yep. or, yep. or whatever. Yeah. That's okay. Right. So, yeah, you could, you could just literally just bimble along, couldn't you? You could. Stop and have a picnic every 100 yards. <laughs> yeah. If you're carrying that much food. Yeah. Which I guess you were carrying food. We yeah. were carrying food. Uh, they provided dehydrated meals, uh, and there were just big boxes of, of meals that you could pick out your own selections from. It was all real termat dehydrated meals, um, nice. which generally were very nice. Mm. And it was your choice as to how many of those you picked up at the first checkpoint, because the the next food stop was a few checkpoints further down. Right. So you had to carry enough food to get yourself to that checkpoint. But beyond that, you could carry as many or as few meals as you wanted to to get there. Yeah, yeah. So some people just stocked up right at the start and took all of their meals for the entire trip, which was an interesting move. Yeah. You know, let's make the yeah. bag really heavy at the start. Uh, yeah, let's, <laughs> mm, some yeah. people took the bare minimum. So they, they took sort of two meals because they were planning on getting to that next checkpoint in time to, to grab some more food there at a restock point. Yeah. But a lot of us took about two or three days worth of food just in case. You know, if you end up getting a little bit hungry, you've got a spare meal that you can yeah. then then bulk up. If you don't end up using it, then you just take on less food at the next checkpoint. Makes you sense. Know. So you've got you've got a you've got a, a, a route plan. You've got an overall plan of the route, yeah? Yeah. yeah. And you know exactly distances between checkpoints, when the checkpoint's going to close, so when you need to get there by, and which of those checkpoints have got yeah. food. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and well, what about water? What did you do with? Uh, obviously, it's quite a wet country. So uh, I guess in water wasn't really an issue. Water wasn't an issue at all. Uh, essentially, any water that we drank, we didn't actually filter. Right. No. Um, because the water over there was so clean and it's all generally fast flowing. So as long as you, you take water from upstream of any paths to avoid any contamination from boots stepping mm-hmm. in the water yep. um, and check that there's obviously no animals about. Mm. Mostly mostly reindeer right. up okay. around there, funnily enough. Reindeer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just just filling up water bottles as we go from streams nice. and fast flowing water sources, which was actually really yeah. refreshing to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I did take a water filter with me just in case we ended up in a location where didn't feel as confident about water at all. But that was that stayed in my pack and was never used. That was a sort of a, an in case of emergency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time, water was literally just stopping wherever you please because the water was everywhere up there. Yeah, it's it's a pretty temperate country. It's pretty wet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that was oh, I'd say refreshing, both literally and metaphorically. Absolutely, it was also yeah. incredibly freeing just to be able to yeah, think. To yeah, do it. I don't have to carry two liters of water with me in case. Yeah, you can just fill You're up. You're always going to come across a stream at some point. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, lovely. How nice. That's an old school backpack. Very old school. Yeah. but it was it was nice it's to really be able nice. to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would agree. So, you're both young, virile, fit people. Did you have to do a lot of training? Well, I, I say you. I, I meant Lucy. Ben, obviously, you're not. You've got, you've got the burden of that moustache to drag along with you. So, it, it's, you know, I mean, I think we're, we're getting quite a good picture, aren't we? It's not necessarily uh, a racing snake event, but it could be if you want it to be. You could just bimble along. So, your average, what, your average hill walker who goes out at the weekend, does a bit of hiking... They'd be perfectly well prepared physically, yeah, absolutely, to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a very 
open event to the point where there were there were people of all body shapes and sizes doing it with different fitness levels. Yep. Uh, there were even a few toddlers doing the event. You know, there they were. They um, didn't have to carry a sixty-five liter rucksack. No, did they? no, they they didn't. Gen- <laughs> okay. Generally, it was the parents that carried. Oh, right. okay. The sixty-five liter packs, and also so they sometimes cheated. them. They, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they wouldn't get a completion time. Okay. Um, but there, there were parents, like whole families, doing the event with some quite young children. Yeah. How much the the kids actually walked off the route, but it's it's all accessible enough that that anyone that can stand upright and and go for a a, a long walk on a single day would be absolutely fine doing the entire yeah. event. Wow. Uh, you you said at the beginning this was your first kind of multi day yeah, event. That's right. uh, how did you how did you find the experience in terms of kind of the fitness and? It was just, good. It was hard work. Like I won't lie. Yeah. Um, but I think, well, I knew, literally knew this four weeks prior. Like right. Jacob was meant to be walking, but he had to take he had to take a step back, unfortunately. And I had a phone call from Dave, um, like ringing me to say, do I want to take part? And I was, you know, when you have that over the phone, you're kind of like, yeah. I can't say no to this. No. This is amazing. And I was like literally pinching myself the whole time. <laughs> um, so in terms of like preparing, I don't think I was that prepared, <laughs> but I was getting like a lot of hints and tips off Steve and Lorna and like in terms of kit, like our packs, mine weighed 16 and yours was 17. So it wasn't right. like too heavy. Um, it was more feet at the end of the day. So I was like, gave my feet a bit of like a massage time, like out of socks. I bought Crocs, so they were like right. the best thing ever. Oh, um, Crocs. So yeah, it was good. It was I've like I've done long hikes before, but I've never done hiking, camping, hiking, camping type things. So yeah. it was just a complete refreshing experience for me, um, just to reconnect with nature and just yeah. to like notice little things as well as you went along the way and just take it all in really. Well, just to slow down, I guess. Yeah. Just to slow down and and let's say if you're not if you're not one of those racing snake people who are t- trying to smash a time, yeah, and you are taking your time over it, it's just lovely just to spend a number of days, yeah, just moving slowly through nature. It's and it kept changing the whole time. It was never. It was. I would never say there was two days the same. It was quite a. It just constantly kept changing through through the walk, and obviously you've got weather on top mm. and. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really good. So where, w- where would you compare in the UK in terms of kind of landscape? What's, what's it like? Is it like kind of North Wales? Is it like the Lake District? Is it, what's it like? It would honestly probably be a bit of a combination. Yeah, so yeah, certain parts would have very much been, you'd feel at home in North Wales there, especially in sort of some of the boulder fields and slightly rockier environments. Mm-hmm. But then around the next, the next bend, it would then turn back into the Lake District or sort of further up into into Scotland, yeah, into yeah. into the Highlands. It was probably overall closest feel to, to Scotland for, for the most part, but there were definitely elements of a lot of the UK over there right. in terms mm-hmm. of similar environments. It was just the overall scale felt a little bit a little bit bigger, a little bit different. Yeah. Okay. Because over over here, unless you're sort of up in in the Scottish Highlands, you're never that far away from a road <laughs> or you're yeah. you're never that far away from civilization of some so whereas on on this trip after the first day you lost phone signal and you didn't get phone signal back until the final day a few k before the finish and apart from the um the mountain station and some of the um sort of huts along the route like trekking huts a little bit like our um uh, youth hostels over here similar sort of thing but honestly done better over there (laughs) They they just do it very well. Uh, there there was just no buildings, nothing. It was it was just completely open. It was true wilderness. Yeah. 
which was incredible. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But you, did, you didn't feel intimidated by that at all? Not at all. No? I actually found coming back, I had prepared mentally for going. Right. More like, right, we're going on this trip. And then my phone threw a wobbly just before we left. So I had a purple screen and it right. just went into, and I just put it away and was like, I'll deal with it when I come back. But it was more going from, you're constantly in nature, being in the mountains, you know, like for it, the day and into night and then coming back to them being around screens and everything. I yeah. found that quite... Quite intrusive. Yeah, I get. like quite I hadn't noisy. prepared for that. I was a bit like, oh, hang on a minute. And yeah. then sort of coming back, it kind of felt like all oh, one big one big dream. Like yeah. as if it hadn't happened. And then, yeah. It Sounds was, like an incredible experience. Absolutely amazing. I'm very it jealous. It really was. Yeah, yeah, it really was. How come I never got to do this? <laughs> I used to own the company. How come <laughs> I never got to go? Um, and, and Ben, no, um, you can buy a ticket. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah I can. Yeah. Thanks, Lucy. <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> that was me trying to blag my way in videos, <laughs> and all I had to do was buy a ticket. <laughs> so, uh, I think we pretty much covered the event. I mean, it, it's I guess you what well, you do you, you flew over there, got a plane, yep. got a taxi, met up, did the walk. Got a taxi, got a plane, came home, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, nothing else went on. <laughs> nothing else went no. on, really. No, I drove to the airport, flew there. Um, Did you have a night before you, before you started the event? Yes. Yeah, so we, we flew uh, from Heathrow. So we drove down the night before there, flew from Heathrow, uh, where we met up with all the other people that were going as part of the uh phoenix fjarovan uk team i suppose okay. would be the best way to, to play right, it. so you're all you, you there is there's kind of like an rv at heathrow yeah okay yeah so there were was it 12 of us total yeah uh 12. 12 total some from uh phoenix uk and then a, a bunch of other retailers along with myself and lucy and a few friends of fjarovan who are um they, they don't like us calling them this but essentially they're they're sort of influencers they're they're okay. sort of social media personalities yeah. that um, put out content that's a little bit more specific to Fjaroven. Um, again, I just refer to my earlier question. Why wasn't I invited? Anyway. Uh, anyway. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Glossing over that. <laughs> we'll send some emails afterwards and find yeah. out. We'll get you on for next year. Uh, so we, we met up with everyone there. Some of them we'd, we'd met previously and we knew. Others were completely new to us. Uh, but after that point, we flew over to Stockholm, had a short layover, and then flew up to Karuna. So another short flight up up north and Karuna was where we then spent the night before the event. So we had to register and drop any of our bags off that would then be taken to the finish line. So anything right. that we weren't actually using on the trek. So spare clothes, a suitcase, Ted anything. Teddy. Yeah, Teddy was in yeah, there. Yeah. 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 Uh, was then taken and shipped to the finish line. So we had we had the night there um, where we got to know everyone a little bit better. We, we sort of had a few drinks at the bar and, and got chatting to, to find out a little bit more about the people that we we're going to be doing the event with. Had a nice meal before going as well. It yeah. was, we had a like reindeer with like a really nice like buttery mushed potato and Ooh, a nice. like jus as well. It was, it was good. Mm, it was very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. 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 And then the following morning, the, the actual morning of the event, we all got on a coach that then shipped us to the actual physical start line, which was around a 45 minute drive further further away from from where we were staying and then we we started the event yeah i want to like kind of paint the picture of like when like how it was landing into karuno it was kind of just uninterrupted trees for a very long distance it was quite like quite um 
really felt like, like you, was, you were getting really. out into the yeah, wilderness. Yeah, it was like yeah. I've never seen so many trees in like one place. It yeah. was incredible and like it was a lot of silver birches, which is their national tree, and because of their like growth rate, they're actually quite short mm-hmm. um, just because of their long winters and then going into summer. It was um, it was just quite interesting just to see and just sort of take it all yeah, in. Yeah, a very different landscape. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you were pretty much, probably the wrong phrase, but handheld all the way through the thing. So you, you, you so when you, when you buy your ticket, you're buying into being kind of uh, looked after all yep. the way yeah. through the event. Yeah. 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 You're buying into the whole experience. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's not just a case of you get a ticket, they they tell you your kit list, and then yeah. at the start and, and then line, you've got to rock up at the start go. line. Yeah. No, there was there was a lot more. A lot more hand-holding along yeah. the way just to just to make the event run a lot smoother yeah. you know it's, it's incredibly well organized because you you turn up at the start line you're registered there you then collect any mandatory kit so to to start to start the the trek apart from all of your own personal kit that you you had to get from that kit list you also were issued with uh things like a map of the route which mm-hmm. i've got here for anyone that's viewing on the screen so you were you're handed a, a small Small map of the route at one seventy-five thousand scale. Uh, your trekking passport, which was just a, a small booklet with information about the route, so the distances between each stage of the event, and any anything that might be useful about each of the checkpoints. So whether or not they had a food restock or, or anything like that. Right. But in yes. the back of the the trekking passport, you have the opportunity to collect stamps along the route. Oh, yeah. Got all your stamps there. So ben. I've got all my stamps yep. there. Um, so you have to get a stamp from the first checkpoint when you start with the start time and then each following checkpoint you then get another stamp that right. then allows you to carry on past that checkpoint because if you go beyond a checkpoint without stamping you, you've got to go back and get oh, that right. stamp okay. before they would then stamp it at the next one. Oh so wow so yeah, yeah, if you yeah. missed out checkpoint two and rocked up at checkpoint three yeah. Yeah. they'd send you back. They'd yeah, send you back. Go back. We actually met a guy who'd walked up the cab um, and he had come down a certain way, which missed out a checkpoint. So he had to obviously walk back to the but checkpoint to come back. and come to. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess they know they know that everybody's been through then, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that helps with um, just checking that people have actually completed the route. So anyone that's registered on the event, they've they've got at least a, a timestamp log of when yeah, someone sh- came through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because um, obviously that's uh, nineteen hundred people going into the Swedish wilderness. Mm. It's more than likely that someone at some point you is going to wander off and potentially lose, get lost. You don't, you don't want to lose, lose anyone. anyone no. So yeah. it just adds a little bit more accountability. Yeah. Um, so all the checkpoints were manned 24 hours a day. Um, and some of the checkpoints also had some nice surprises when we got there, which was, which was yeah, very nice. Yeah, it was nice. always a nice treat to have. Really? You didn't know they were coming. So, you know, you're aiming for the checkpoint and then you get to the checkpoint. One of them, we got given like a really good brownie, which we were nice. totally excited about. And jelly babies, Haribo, that would have been my f- fave. We had trail, we actually did like, we took trail snacks along the way, yeah. so that kept us going. But when you got given, I don't know, fresh brownie, or we mm, had waffles nice. with we, like jam and cream. Oh. Like lingonberry jam with yeah. cream and oh. things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, really very welcome. Just yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> reindeer wraps at different ones. Yeah. So there was, there was just little, little snacks to sort of keep you reindeer motivated. Reindeer wraps? Yeah, yeah. reindeer wraps. Like wrapping reindeer. Yes, yeah, yeah. They're very that, well trained up there. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah. Get their There's hooves not else on to the do. vinyl. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit scratchy. Anyway, we digress. Uh, t- well, yeah. T- well, we just. <laughs> I was gonna. I was just gonna say that um, we're talking about kit and uh, trail snacks and stuff. What was your um, What was your one piece of kit? 
Lucy, you can go first. What was the one piece of kit that you could not have done without? I don't say something obvious like a tent or your boots, because obviously you can't do it without boots or a tent. Those are like, you know, mandatory, essential things. But is there something that you took? God, that's such a hard question. That's not a hard Sorry. question. <laughs> Bag of jelly babies? Oh, no, my trail snacks did. They were yeah. like a winner. I did take a lot because, unfortunately, I do get hungry. So yeah. it was a case of, I'm going to take sugar. as many as Just I can. Just give me some sugar. Well, I was really, well, because I'd never done this before, I decided to, to I weighed out all my trail snacks. So I knew exactly what I was having on day one. What was that? I didn't see that. Is that, why your, is that why your bag was heavier than Ben's? Because <laughs> you had a kilo of trail snacks. I did have quite a lot. <laughs> At least half of the 65 litres was just trail snacks. <laughs> so maybe that's the idea why I couldn't have lived yeah. without. Well, at least your pack was getting lighter every day. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Ben? I was a teddy that you left in your yeah, bag. Yeah, I, I left him behind. Yeah. Um, I mean, snacks is a very important one. Yeah. Just take more snacks than you think you need because they can also be used as bargaining chips. Just yeah. just putting that out there. If you forget something else or someone else has got something quite nice, you can uh, always okay. you can always do a little, uh, little okay, swap, which clever. is which is yeah. came in handy. Um, but for me, honestly, it was a little bit more practical. It was uh, a set of walking poles. Ah, uh, mm, right, yeah. yeah. Um, not not that I couldn't have done the trek without them, but they certainly made the experience a lot nicer going for the walk with uh, with a decent set of walking poles. Just because mm. some of the train that we were covering with a larger pack just a lot more comfortable walking with poles. Yeah. You know, I found myself using them some of the time, but not all the time, but they, they were very useful. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they was that, was that, did, were most people using poles? I know there's still, it's still not a widely accepted thing, yeah. is it? It's, it's not. Uh, a lot of people were using yeah. them. I'd say yeah. it was probably, probably about a 60, 40 split towards right. the use of poles. So there were more people than weren't. Um, and it, Honestly, it was nice to see a lot of younger people using poles as mm. well, because there's always seems to have been a little bit of a stigma attached yeah. to using poles. Yeah. Oh, that's that's for the ramblers. That's for the old people that have yeah. already got shot knees and ankles. Young ramblers are available. They are. Yeah. They're out there. Yeah. But it's always the old ones that have got the poles. Seems to be. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> we digress. I've got poles. Yeah, walking poles are a fantastic thing to, to yeah. use, and using them on the classic left me in better nick at the end of each yeah. day than I would have been if I hadn't have used them. Agreed. Yeah. You know, so they're definitely beneficial. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a it's a funny thing, isn't it? I think in Europe, walking poles are much more widely accepted. Where in the UK, it's still still a little bit of a bit of a thing, isn't it? It's almost like it a, bit of, a bit of a defeat. I'm giving in, but uh, they are they are they make a huge difference, like especially over multi days with a, with a heavier load on. I can't imagine have done it like I can't have imagined doing it without poles. Right. Like yeah. talking about it, it's like yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. They were that's the thing. Mm-hmm. There you go, people. Walking poles. Use them. All right? <laughs> so, Ben, if you had the opportunity to do it again, or Lucy, I don't mind, you know they can answer this, would you do it differently? Would you take less trail snacks, Lucy? Probably, because I didn't, <laughs> didn't need as many as I thought, but I guess, oh, you it's, I guess it's better to have too much than too less. Always. Um, I would have taken a towel, because I didn't take a towel with me. I put that in like my end of bag um like for the end of it i thought i don't need it um i kind of wish i'd taken like because i had the royal robins like quick dry um like underwear and i wish i'd had like a spare upper because the guys went swimming and i was like "Mm, not so sure because i only had one right but it would have been like nice to have done just gone for a swim yeah just because 
cold water therapy and yeah, yeah we've just yeah. been like really and refreshing cleaning maybe yeah. you know just washing off some of that yeah. sweat and body yeah. odor i don't know yeah when you have to like <laughs> rely on wilderness wipes it's yeah. a bit yeah. different um but i don't know no i don't other than that they're the only things i would have done differently i think how about you ben how are you ben I think the only thing I would have done is possibly taken uh, a few more luxuries, just really? like, like Teddy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so someone else in our group had uh, a Primus Light Plus again, but they bought the coffee press for it. Ooh, and they nice. also bought yeah. lots of lots of ground coffee with them that they were happy to share, which was very generous ah, of them. So this is where that's, you're swapping, that's where, that's swapping where the trails. Okay, I'll swap yeah. your jelly baby for yeah. espresso. Starting to yeah. figure it out now. <laughs> yeah. um, but just, just stopping and and sitting just at the side of the trail in stunning scenery, yeah. having a, a freshly brewed cup of coffee yeah. made a surprising difference. You know, it was it was just a, a really nice little boost to, to sit down and just, just stop and watch yeah. the world and go and by. For a, a few yeah. for a few hundred grams. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. To, it's, it's totally worth, worth it, it isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So so we were lucky enough that we had people that were generous enough to, to share. Yeah. Um, but if I was to do it again, I'd probably take take my own just in case they weren't there to share. Yeah. yeah. And then I'd I'd happily share that. But apart from Help that, you I was... sell your coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah when you say share, you mean, <laughs> you mean sell. Yeah. What have you got to benefit <laughs> me? Yeah. Yeah, I end up coming back with a new gore shell for, yeah. for, for a cup of coffee. And... <laughs> yeah. But no, honestly, most of, if not all of the kit that I took, I used or it was compulsory safety equipment. Mm-hmm. So I was very happy with what I packed. Uh, there wasn't anything that I look back at and think I really didn't need that. Um, the only things that I took that I didn't use were the mandatory equipment like the um, the compass because everything was so well waymarked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You didn't yeah. really have to navigate for the it. trip. No. Yeah. Uh, so it was a compass. There were a few other uh, safety bits and the water filter, which was just a more of a peace of mind thing. Yeah. But everything else I took, I, I used and made use of. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with cool. what I packed. Cool. Um, also probably helps that I, I packed and repacked my bag three or four times because I'm a little bit obsessive like that. Yeah. Well, it, it, we always used to say, didn't we, to people who were going on these kind of trips, just thinking back to my days in the shop, get out everything that you think you want to take and then get rid of half of it. Yep. And then have another look at it and then get rid of some more and what you're left with, yeah. you take. Obviously, when you've got a, a mandatory list that you have to take, kind of reminds me of the old D of E days, isn't it? It's like, no, you, you will not enjoy this hike you've got to carry 400 tons of kit in an 80 litre rucksack but when you've got a mandatory list there are things you've got to take but you can even make those lighter can't you there are choices around yeah. oh, those bits of kit you know like you were saying lucy you you chose a really lightweight tent yeah you know but you could could have not yeah you, could you know have so there are choices yeah. that you can make along there to make your life easier and more comfortable yeah like in case it, like with weather and stuff we took both really good jackets like yeah in case it rained because yeah, We'd you don't want to get wet. No. Yeah. No. So full set of waterproofs, I guess that's mandatory on the mandatory list, yes. is it? Yeah. 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 Gators? Uh, gators weren't mandatory. Right. Um, a lot of people did take them and use them. I personally didn't. Right. Um, I didn't feel the need for them apart from possibly on the last day. If the weather had been like it was on the last day on some of the previous days, mm-hmm. gators probably would have been something that would have been useful. Yeah. Um, but got by just fine just with a set of keb trousers I was wearing. Yeah, you know, did make sure to give them a thorough waxing along, At along the bottom, the bottom cuffs yeah. just to sort of double down on that. So you effectively get it's not as protective as a, a normal pair of gaiters, but it certainly helped with um, with keeping the bottoms of my trousers dry. Yeah, that stop your socks getting soggy, just and get, stopping getting, getting, getting soggy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we kind of touched on this earlier, 
didn't we, Lucy? Mm. When you talked about swimming. Yeah. What about kind of personal hygiene? Did you wash? <laughs> Apart from the swimming? I did. Well, I used, I used well, wilderness wipes, right. but you went for a dip on the one morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so anything like this where you're on a multi-day hike, you just kind of have to accept yeah. that you're going to get a little bit stinky. A bit whiffy. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just going to happen, but everyone else is in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. You can cut down on some of that with using things like merino wool or some yeah. of the polygene treatment, something that's got a, an antimicrobial nature to it, whether that be natural with merino wool or something like polygene that helps cut down on some of the, the bacteria. But across the trip, yeah, wilderness wipes, I, I had a, a pack of, I was using occasionally, but also just washing in streams and going for a swim. Yeah. But you'd have, to, you'd have had to take those back out with you. you, can't, you yes. Couldn't, you couldn't leave. No. Them. Yeah. So that, uh, was, that was very much part of the whole ethos of the trip was the, the leave no trace. Yeah. Um, and there was actually an incentive to carry out as much waste as you could, mm. uh, which is actually, for anyone that's watching the video stream, what the water filter bottle here is at the front there. This one's actually Lucy's. Yep. Um, but you could collect all of your trash. So anything that you use, whether that be wilderness wipes, um, food, food packets, packets yeah. and anything else that you had that was rubbish that you couldn't leave behind, you collected in a trash bag that was provided you at the start of the trek. And okay. then if you had um, at least 600 grams when it was weighed at the end of the, the trip, you would win a prize. If you had less than 600 grams, the prize would be different. But the, the big prize was a Grail water filter yeah. that's branded with Fjarvan Classic on the front. Um, which is actually quite a, quite a nice prize for yeah, nice. for just doing what yeah. you should do. Why six hundred grams? I, I think it was just quite a just an arbitrary number that they right. came up with. It's that was number of empty food packets plus a bit of toothpaste tube and a, yeah. and a, some wet wipes. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. think it was just enough that made it feel competitive to be able to to carry that much waste. Yeah, because yeah. if they'd said it was not two hundred grams, yeah. then right. everyone would yeah. have done it, and they'd be handing out an awful lot of of water filters. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely incentive to, to carry out your waste if for some people that otherwise might not have. You know, we're obviously very, very conscious of our, our impact on the environment and we want to make sure that we're limiting any any damage that we do. Mm-hmm. So we were carrying out our waste anyway, but some other people don't seem to have quite the same level of respect for the environment, so they need an incentive. Yeah. So if yeah, you're quite, quite clever that way in, yeah. in making gamifying a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, God, there's, a, there's a modern vernacular <laughs> gamifying um, gamifying your rubbish yeah yeah i'm oh, sorry no no i was just going to yeah. say it, but the obvious question that springs to mind here ben is what about the stuff that you can't take out with you the waste that you create okay what did you do with that ben uh, I, I did have to leave that behind. You I did, did leave I that behind. I did you didn't have behind. to bag that up and bring it with you. No, no. so not you, like some kind of special forces not, thing. So not quite. <laughs> no. So along the route, anywhere that there were any of those, any of those huts, any of the the, the hostel type things, yeah. uh, they generally had long drop toilets, okay. which were open and accessible. So if you could hold on until you got to a checkpoint, you could use the long drops. And at the start of the trek, you were. Um, provided one roll of, of toilet paper. So just, just one one roll of toilet paper, and that's what you take. But a lot of the long drops on the way were also supplied with it. Right. Um, and they encouraged you to use those wherever possible. But if you couldn't, hold on. Uh, and there were a few occasions where I did have to take a poo with a view. Um, you know, As one does. As, as one, one does. does. After that cup of coffee, it kicked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the intention was to go off the trail and 
basically dig a hole bury it bury it yeah classic um, method yeah. yeah classic method it's it's all biodegradable as long as you're using um the, the toilet paper that they provided you can yeah. bury that as well right. but they did say in certain places along the route so the national park at the end yeah so in abishko national park you weren't allowed to to dig holes or, or damage the environment there because it's a protected part of of northern sweden so you either had to put it under a rock um, and then carry out your toilet paper or carry out all of your waste right. at that point so it was very much cross legs through the national park again. yeah just get your timings right yeah no coffee the day before no. or that morning and then run through yeah. a bit national park yeah yeah so dig is a trowel on the uh, mandatory kit list uh it's not on the mandatory kit list i don't is think it not? that I surprises me i would have thought check i'm gonna let's flick through ben let's let's see uh, no, it is not on the mandatory kit list. Oh, well, there you go. There did you go. take one? I did. Yeah. I, I, I took a, a small titanium trowel with me. Nice. Um, titanium. Nice. Titanium. Oh, yeah. very nice. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yeah, just a nice Good little thinking. one that would, that would suffice. Um, you know, where possible, we want to make sure you use those long drops because it yeah. is just a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then all of that waste then gets flown out by helicopter, I think. Nice. It's, the, it's the only way that it's it's accessible because there's no there's no road access at all. Right. Um, but if you had to, a, a, a trowel or a shovel was definitely worthwhile. Okay, so there you go. There's a top tip. If you're going to go and do the Fiaro from Classic, take a trowel. So we've um, I think we've got covered the kit thing pretty pretty fully, haven't we? We've gone through. You know, you wore some sturdy boots. You had some nice trousers on. Ben, you wore some keb trousers. Yeah. Good bits of uh, base layers, merinos, and some Royal Robin stuff. Yep. Now, all this stuff isn't free, is it? No. You're not given all this stuff. So I guess you used no. a lot of your own personal stuff. You didn't have to sort of kit up before you went. Or was there anything specific that you bought before, you know, for the trip? Yeah, I had yeah. to buy quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, like base layers. I had mountain equipment. Um, and I had haglofts. And one was slightly lighter than the other. Right. Um. I borrowed a bit of kit, um, like the tent I borrowed, sleeping bag I borrowed, sleeping mat I borrowed, um, which I was really lucky to do that because yeah. that meant that would have been additional costs. Yeah. Um, and it was just, again, little things like underwear, like breathable underwear, yeah, which yeah. is a massive game changer. Absolutely. Learned from that. and no, then No cotton treadies. No. <laughs> no. Um, trying to think boots so i had my boots fit just before like leaving as well right so so you kind of you 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 joe average hill walker hiker rambler is generally going to have the right amount of kit the, the yeah. right kind of stuff without having to fork out a huge amount yeah to go on the trip obviously you know tent yeah. sleeping bag sleep mat some things some people might not have yeah yeah what about any other associated costs? I mean, was it was it an ex, was it an expensive thing? Did you have to pay to enter? I mean, we uh, we didn't talk about that, did we? We talked about getting a ticket, but mm. you got, have you got to pay for the ticket? So we were very very fortunate, and we have to send out thanks to yeah. both Fjarovan and Phoenix UK for arranging this on our behalf. But we actually had um, the the trip paid for for us mm. nice. for this, um, which was fantastic, and yeah, it's, yeah. you know it's an experience that we're incredibly grateful for. Um, but to complete, to take part in in the classic as a, a member of the general public, you would have to, <coughs> excuse me, buy a ticket, right, um, and also arrange your own transport over to Sweden mm -hmm. to the start line, and then from every point then on, oh, excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. <coughs> 
but from from that point on you then have everything arranged for you so as soon as you hit the start line any transfers at the start line uh, where you register to the actual physical start line where you start the walk and then transport back from the finish line to uh, the starting point again is all covered as part of your ticket. Any right. food is also then included in the ticket price. Okay, gas. so all that food that's given out at the, that at the checkpoints, that's all included. That's all yep. that's all included right. in the ticket price. So okay. everything as soon as you arrive at the at the check-in point at the at the start, everything from that point on is included in that right. ticket price. So you got to get you got to buy your ticket. Yep. How much is the ticket? It's about roughly when I off the top of my head about 200 pounds. Okay. Right. And in then you got to get your flights. Yep. to Sweden got to get your flights to yeah. Sweden um, at which point there's no direct flights to Karuna yeah. which okay. would be the closest airport to the start line so uh, you can either fly to Arlanda Stockholm mm-hmm. and then get a connecting flight like we did up to Karuna or there is a, an overnight train as well right. um, and other transport as well uh, but most people elected to do the connecting flight because it was a, a much quicker way of getting there yeah. Yeah. rather than a, a full day of, of train travel from Stockholm up um, or other people also came in via Norway as well. Right. So some people flew in because at that point in northern Sweden, Norway is actually really close next door. Um, so you can fly uh, further up into Norway and then get a, a connecting bus or I'm not sure whether there's a train across, but you can definitely get public transport from there. To Karuna. To yeah. Karuna, right. to the start line. Okay. And so do, would you have to connect from, from the airport of Karuna? Would you have to then get a another transport onto the start you get a bus you get a bus so from the airport we were taken into the village right. where we had the overnight stay and okay. we stayed in like chalets and right. tea etc and then the next day you get a bus which is 45 minutes into nicolo nicolota is that how you say it uh uh nicolota i think nicolota. Yeah. sorry Some, excuse me for like saying that, that wrong um any swedish listeners will yeah. we, we probably be cringing right now we do yeah, apologize me, sorry yeah. um and yeah it's about 45 minutes into the into the start line okay. and then you finish like right. go you end at obisco national park so what, what would you reckon if if people weren't quite as fortunate as you guys and uh, and had to pay for the whole trip what do you reckon the overall cost would be do you know what the flight costs are I don't know the flight cost, I'm no. afraid. No. Realistically, um, you'd probably be looking all in around the, depending on when you book the flights, because yeah. flights yeah. obviously fluctuate yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the tickets for the event, excluding any uh, outdoor equipment you yeah. might need to yeah. buy. So literally just to yeah, take to part in the event. Yeah. yeah. Probably around the the seven to eight hundred pound okay. mark. Which actually is really good value for what potentially could be a 10-day yeah, hiking yeah. holiday. Yeah. You yeah. could see it as that, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, realistically, you're yeah. losing any and all costs that you would have paid for accommodation on a normal holiday because yeah. yeah. you're sleeping in a tent. Yeah. So you're just factoring that into the transport and travel to get up there. Yeah. yeah. And then all of the food and everything for the event is included in the original yeah. ticket price. Yeah. So it's, it's actually comparable to sort of most average week-long 10-day holidays um, to, to other parts of Europe. Mm. You know, unless you're doing it on a real budget, um, like it's, that's, that's sort of a fairly average price. So it's not yeah. unheard of to, to be able to go and do that instead of going on a holiday to southern Italy. Or something no, like. absolutely, yeah. yeah. And like you say, you, you're getting to take part in a really well-organized and, and you know, control, a controlled event that you, you're going to feel safe in. But yeah. then you're still experiencing this great wilderness adventure, seeing a fabulous part of the world. And, and meeting some great people. I mean, what it's just what's not to like. It sounds sounds like excellent value for money. Absolutely, yeah. can recommend it to to yeah. anyone. 
Yeah. It's it really is a, a fantastic event to go and take part yeah. of. Um, and it's it's an event that if I hadn't been provided with a ticket for, I, w- I would have happily, genuinely happily paid yeah. for based on the experience I've had because yeah, it, yeah. it was, yeah, it was fantastic. So you go and do it again, would you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. cool, cool. Oh, so what would be, what would be your one piece of advice for somebody who was, uh, you know, thinking about whether they should do it or not? Go for it. <laughs> just like, go for it. Just go for it. Just, yeah. do it. just, just go and do it. Yeah. yeah, it's priceless experience. It's yeah. something that you'll carry for the rest of your life. Yeah, fabulous. Fabulous. Right. Well, thank you both for um, illuminating us on the VR Oven Classic. It's been really interesting. I'm very jealous that I've never had the opportunity to go and do it. And now I'm a bit old and knackered. Don't think I could now, to be honest. Oh, you'd be fine, Paul. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. 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 Yeah, just share a tent with someone. Let's, mm. let's get them to carry it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because you, yeah. you can share a tent. <laughs> yeah, so you could do that. You could do it as a couple, couldn't you? Yeah, you could do it as a couple. <laughs> yeah. So... You can just got to find someone that you can go yeah, with. To, to my poor old feet, the though, Ben. My poor old feet. Give you a piggyback. Yeah, <laughs> Ben. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's me set up. So we've got some. We've got some questions uh, sent in by uh, our lovely viewing, listening public. Uh, I think we've, we've covered a couple of these, but I'll, I'll read them out anyway because Harry's taken the trouble to print them off. He's even written one. Can Ooh. you write that, Harry? Is that is that a question from you, Harry? No, no. no he's actually written it in pen. I didn't think he was allowed pens. I know he's allowed <laughs> pens either. Anyway, so Janine Harris asks, "What piece of equipment proved invaluable on your trip, and you would never leave home without on future adventures?" Ooh. We kind of touched on this a bit earlier, didn't we? I we mean, did. You mentioned walking in terms of sort of favourite bits of kit, things titanium like that. trowel. Yeah, the the trowel probably was um, quite a key one for for me. Um, just in, in case of emergency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but honestly, a lot of the mandatory kit that was on that list yeah, is the sort of things that you would be taking anyway. Taking anyway. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, they're not asking you to take anything stupid, are they? It's, no. all, it's all there for a reason. Yeah. Comfy yeah. shoes at the end of the day, I would say like sliders or Crocs or something that you yeah. can put your feet yeah. into. Other comfy shoes are available. Y- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it just makes such a difference and at the end snacks. of the day. Yeah. But comfy shoes at the end, I think. Yeah. No, that's a good tip, actually. Yeah. Take your boots off. Yeah. Just let your Slip feet your feet breathe. into some preformed Even when you're out things. hiking. Yeah. yeah. Like along your trail, just let, when you're resting, if you want, just take your shoes off and let your feet breathe yeah. for a bit. That's a good call. Terry. Terry Weaver. I don't know whether that's his profession or whether that's his surname. How difficult was the process to get selected for the FIRA from Classic? What did it entail? Forms, permits, emails carrier pigeons I don't know how difficult was it oh, for you guys yeah. so it was easy for us it was yeah, easy you were invited yeah. we, we were sent yeah. an email asking if we'd like to take uh, part and, and we said yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no as we, as we touched Again. on earlier a lot of it comes down to you were you buy a ticket yeah. you buy a ticket, you, you buy a ticket through the website yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there are a bunch of forms that you've got to fill out for safety reasons so that okay. you have uh, like an emergency contact. contact and any medical issues that you may have so that the the organizers are aware yeah. but the, the vast majority of it is, is all pretty standard forms for taking part in an event um there are some questions on on the form that you've got to fill in they're a little bit more specific to the classic so main one being have you taken part in a classic before right. um, and have you done any others anywhere else because depending on whether you've done a classic before or not part of the the whole thing with the classic is at the end of it you you get a little little welcome pack effectively for for finishing so i've bought them here for anyone that's 
on screen, but you get a finishers medal. Oh, that's nice. I, yeah. I did decide not to wear it on. Uh, oh no, I think you should on camera. Um, <laughs> but you get a finishers medal. This one is for finishing the Swedish classic um, in 2022. Um, you get a patch as well, which can be put onto a rucksack, a jacket, anything like that. And the colour of this patch and the medal, as well as the little pin badge. Uh, that you also get will change depending on whether you've done the Swedish classic before. Okay. So if you're a first time completer, second time, third, okay. the colours change um, effectively going from sort of white to bronze, silver, gold kind of thing. Not yeah. quite that exact, Yeah, yeah. Um, but they change colour so that people can identify how many you've done and what year you've done it. Or if you've done other classic events, say you've done the Denmark one or the Korean one, mm. you get a different patch. Um, and your your aim is to try and complete all of the classics, you know, as, as a bit of a completionist thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's one of the more specific questions you'll be asked. Other than that, it's all general, just safety things. Can you walk? Who you are? You where breathe? do you live? Yeah. Are you physically fit and able to do yeah. this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's no preference given to somebody who's done it before. No, no, no. No, no preference to them at all. It is completely open to buy tickets, same as if you were sort of going to a concert right. or, or so any other first event. First come, first serve, basically, yeah. Until, yeah. until the tickets have run out. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess you've just got to be a little bit organised with making sure you get to the, the muster point, should we call it that, yep. at, at the designated date and time. Yep. So you just organise your own flights and your transport to get you there. Pretty yes. straightforward, really. Pretty straightforward. All right. Theo M, what did you see along the way that you'd most like to revisit? Ooh. Yeah, I know it's a hard. So there, were, there was an awful lot, lot over there that was just incredibly stunning. Mm. Um, you'll hopefully see some of the the pictures and videos that we took along the route to, to kind of give you an idea of what the scenery was like. Um, for me, I would love to go back and um, climb Keb. Yeah, mm. and, you know, I'd like to go and do Keb. So Keb's um, just not a pair of trousers or a rucksack. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's it's, it's a, a it's a mountain. It's a mountain. Yeah. It's a Keb mountain. A mountain. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny. You'll you'll find with a lot of Yarovan products that they're named after a lot of things in Sweden. Mm. Funny that. Who'd have known? <laughs> Who, who'd have thought? Um, but Keb for me was a, a a really really big one that I'd like to go back and do because mm. there are a few different routes that you can do up Keb Nakai's. Um there's the the walking route which is a little bit longer and then there's an alternative route that does require some technical kit uh there's a there's a short section of um of climbing to get up to it uh so it is a little bit more technical but look quite fun yeah that sounds great yeah and sounds really good more like scrambling type, yeah. a little bit of scrambling but also yeah. there there are sections where you do require a little bit more protection so full-on um climbing there i think they were possibly putting a short section of something via ferrata like into it to make it a little bit more accessible um but keb for me would be the one what about you lucy uh so i go back to like our our second night like campsite i felt like that was pretty epic it was like we were sort of like in the mountains not far it was between walking to keb and it was between Singy and Solka. Solka. Yeah. Um, and we had like reindeer, oh, like around by us and like either side, like mountains. It was just, yeah, I can just, like, it's just like yeah, there just in my memory. Yeah, you know, and you're like, your oh my God, that would be amazing just to go back to. Yeah. Um, and just seeing like, I guess, semi reindeer sort of like just running around. It was yeah. quite something. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Fabulous. All right. PDX Eric. I recognize that name, Harry. He's one of our, he's our regular. Hello, Eric. <laughs> uh, does Thea Raven provide the kit? 
uh, not specifically so. to no. us. No. no, for no. for the event, as we already mentioned, they provide food and yeah. gas, um, yeah. man the checkpoints, things like that. But in terms of actually competing, completing the event, you are obligated to supply yeah. your own P- kit, personal kit, yeah. clothing. Yeah. You got you got you got to have your own. Yeah. But there's things that you can buy that, you know, like there was like the travel mugs that have the Farhaven Classic on that right. people will buy because it says that. Or yeah. you could buy a, like a hoodie. I don't know what it was. There's a name for it. Uh, it was uh, one of the Greenland hoodies. Yep. And then that had like, it had the patch on the side. and. Oh, no, sorry. That one wasn't yeah. the Greenland. That was a, that was a Keb hoodie. Okay. Oh, they're yeah. nice, the Keb They're very nice. Yeah. I've got a Keb hoodie. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, sorry, Eric. You don't get a load of free kit. You get the opportunity to buy some Fjallraven Classic branded merchandise, which is nice. It's very nice. Yeah. 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 But no, you've got to take your own kit, Eric. Sorry, mate. Okay, Ralph, last one. You'd be pleased to hear. Or not, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Did you both feel under or over-prepared kit-wise for the weather? Um, no. I would say no. I felt quite confident in what we had. Like mm. I used everything in my pack. I used my rain jacket on the last day. I probably had my trousers on for like 10 minutes and then they came off because it was too hot. Over trousers um, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, over trousers, yeah. 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 And yeah. it was, a, yeah. I just, but I think because it was the last day, it was like, we're going to, th- we're like going yeah. to the finish line, so <laughs> it's fine. Um, I guess yeah. the mandatory kit list is going to make sure that you've got everything that you need to, so you're not, I mean, I guess you could be over prepared, couldn't you? You could just take like a massive down jacket or something you're just never yeah. going to use. No, yeah. th- there were certainly some people there that did take that approach because yeah. there were people with Kaika 75s, Kaika 100s <sighs> that were full um, and we sort of had questions about what kit they were taking why? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just generally why. Yeah. Yeah, um, why. But yeah, we I think we both packed our kit quite well. Um, I certainly used everything um, apart from my shell trousers actually because on the last day, I just hit the point of well, we're we're going somewhere warm and dry at the finish line. Yeah. How bad can it be? How bad can it be? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it turned into sort of a an eight k tab to the to the finish because <laughs> yeah. uh, a few of us broke off ahead and, yeah. and finished a little bit quicker because we're like, you know what? Let's they were so um to paint the picture. It was like along the pathways there was that much rain that the pathways were like basically becoming big puddles. Oh, right. And I've seen videos of you just stomping through these like through the puddles. I want to finish now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. like our, well, my sort of way of doing it was going round them, not through <laughs> them. Um, well, we'd, we'd hit the point where we were already already wet, wet yeah. but we knew we had warm, dry clothes 8K away from us. So, yeah. you know, yeah. just, just, just go, go for, for it. it. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Well, thank you very much, you two. It's been brilliant, actually. I really enjoyed talking about it. Sounds like an amazing thing. And if my poor old feet can put up with it, I think I will attempt to go and do it it's been very inspiring and i hope uh, all you listeners out there have enjoyed it too so i'm just going to sign off by saying thanks to ben thanks to lucy it's been yeah, a real pleasure you. Uh, you did mention uh videos and photos of the event where can people look at those i'd like to go and have a look at them where are they um so there's a blog that's just come out currently okay. so um there's links to in our instagram facebook at the moment um, it will be also on our, it's on our website as well. Right. Um, and there will be a video coming towards the end of November. Okay. Um, so watch this space. <gasps> watch this space. Mm. Yeah. No pressure, Harry. Get those <laughs> editing fingers ready. There they are, look. All 
seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, on that note, Harry's seven fingers, uh, we're going to sign off. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks again to Ben and Lucy. And uh, uh, if you have any comments or questions, you know what to do. You know where to post them. Uh, we always like to hear from you guys. But, uh, yeah, thanks very much for listening. We'll see you all again soon. Thanks a lot. Toodaloo.